Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West, you are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news that I refuse to use, no doubt, starts now. This, my fellow Americans, is the broadcast. For June 14th, in the year of our Lord, 2021, this is our one of two and our goal always to protect life, liberty, and property and to promote God, family, and country on your radio and the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, indeed, we use the blueprint for liberty, the supreme law of the land, the Constitution for the United States of America. That is our guide. And absolutely, we're convinced the checks and balances brilliantly put in place by the founding fathers. One of the great peaceful restorative solutions we have at our fingertips. Welcome to the broadcast. We reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. Welcome to the broadcast. Oh, you had a delightful weekend. A quick recap of Saturday's show. Then we'll jump into the last interview that I have recorded that we uh, did at the Red Pill Expo. We'll get into that in just a second. So on Saturday, we had our guest, Mr. Richard Mack, founder and president of CSPOA. CSPOA is a partnership between citizens and local law enforcement, especially sheriffs. Mack encourages those not in law enforcement to please stand with their county sheriffs, especially the ones that are keeping the constitutional law of the land and who are keeping their oaths of office. CSPOA.org, become a lifetime member today as I already am. We also talked about Robert David Steele. He was our guest as well. I should say we talked with him. Arise USA, the resurrection tour, the tour of the century, writing for faith, family, and freedom, Big Bat. That's B-I-G-B-A-T, BigBatUSA.org to learn more. Two incredible guests. Richard stayed the whole broadcast. Second guest we had on was Trent Luce, agriculture advocate, radio personality, ground commander of the rise usa tour losetails.com to learn more l-o-o-s-t-a-l-e-s for his podcasts and shows and blog and a whole lot more trent loose doing a great job we also uh, talked about the fact that loving liberty radio networks loving liberty is excited to host the national arise usa tour at Liberty Hall in Ogden, Utah. We are partnering with our good friend Trent Luce, who will be paying a special tribute to Burt Smith. This is a free event. You don't want to miss it, ladies and gentlemen. Come join us. It'll be Monday. That's a week from today, June 21st, 4 p.m. The buses will arrive and be there. We're also expecting a large crowd So we've also reserved Smith Park. More details to come soon. We'll be talking about that all week, ladies and gentlemen. Hour 2 Liberty Roundtable Live Saturday. National Arise USA Tour coverage continued. And uh, we had Richard Mack, of course, with us for the second hour as well. But we also had a man named Kevin Jenkins with us. He's founder of Urban Global Health Alliance. The mission of the UG. H.A. is to educate, empower, and release urban communities and their leaders from decades of indoctrination and suppression to create effective policy which will safeguard rights of equality. Kevin Jenkins is known as a truth warrior, 
Building healthy communities creates a healthy society, he says. Amen to that. Are you familiar with this Freedom Travel Alliance? If you don't know about it, you soon will. FTA is a social enterprise which is designed to support the rights of humans to move about freely and travel in comfort. FreedomTravelAlliance.com to learn more. We also talked about Kevin's new documentary, Medical Racism, The New Apartheid, Exposing the Truth Behind Systemic Racism, medicalracism.org to learn more about that movie. You can watch it in its entirety. We also talked about the 18-second video documenting that those first in the Capitol were not Trump supporters. They had all black uniforms. It shows they were coordinated and appear to be from Africa. Uh, I'm sorry, appear to be from um, BLM or Antifa. Bob Unruh with the piece, WND.com. We also talked about Black Lives Matter infighting reaches a boiling point as members ramp up accountability. We also talked about a good news story to end both hours on Saturday. Jazz player Jordan Clarkson helps rewrap Yum Yum food truck after anti-Asian vandalism. I reject the vandalism. I'm grateful for uh, Jordan Clarkson helping them get their truck up and running. As far as I understand, they're selling and doing a great job now, thanks to Jordan Clarkson and others. And shame on those who would commit violence against any of God's children. That's all of us. All right, that's a recap of the broadcast that took place on Saturday. Still available at LibertyRoundTable.com and LovingLiberty.net. Spread the word. Tell the tale. Would you please? Without further ado, we have a guest I interviewed her live at the Red Expil, uh, but I, uh, I've only got so many hours live on the radio while on events, right? So I recorded several other interviews. This is one of them. It's a long one. It is a heartbreaking interview. Her name is Juliet M. Engel. She's a medical doctor, by the way, and she's also the author of a book called Sparky, Surviving Sex Magic. Juliet Engel or JulietEngel.com. She was born into a family of intelligence operatives. It's a riveting story. It starts now. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman, live on your radio, hard-hitting talk at your fingertips, as always. We are live at Red Pill, ladies and gentlemen. I'm telling you right now, it is an event to behold. RedPillExpo.org. You uh, probably missed it by now, but you know what? You can still check out the live streams, the archived broadcasts, all available, all the speakers and everything else. 45 bucks gets you 30 days. You can share it with your loved ones. I'm telling you right now, it is a do not miss. Redpillexpo.org. We are live in South Dakota, Rapid City now. And our next guest, Juliet M. Engel. She's the author of Sparky. Surviving Sex Magic. And ladies and gentlemen, this is a very difficult subject to discuss, but it's critical that we discuss it because abuse continues in our world everywhere. JulietAngle.com, her website. She was born into a family of intelligence operatives. That's where we're going to start. Juliet, welcome to Liberty Roundtable Live. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. So I, this is a very hard topic to discuss, uh, probably not for you uh, because you've been through it so much and your work has been tremendous for years, uh, but you grew up in the 50s, right? I sure did, yes. 
and uh, you uh, were born to parents that were uh, do you call them parents and, yes. and i don't mean that rudely but you know what i'm asking right yes i do and yeah i, I understand what you mean yeah it was a, it was uh, they were all part of the program did they consider you a, a loved child or do they consider you an experiment what they considered me a property a property and the reason that i highlight this i know quite a bit about the elite Juliet, and that's why I kind of say it like I do. They don't think like we do, do they? No, and my family were and are elite, and uh, no, and, and they do this horrible thing to their children just like they do to other people's children, but they don't kill us. And why? Why don't they kill us? Yeah. Because they train us. I mean, we are trained through programs like Sex Magic and the very different variations of the MK Ultra programs, and this is all documented in the church. Senate hearings from 1976 that at that that in the 1953 when they started the MK Ultra programs that even though they were illegal there were 185 programs funded by the CIA that they admitted to so let's let's really kind of do and I know we don't have time to get into all of this uh, I want to focus on you and the program that you were involved in personally sure but it, just so people understand MK Ultra programs what we're really talking about is the government via the CIA and black op government funded money uh, with all kinds of sexual perverts, etc. They created all kinds of mind control projects from drugs to sex to, I mean, it goes on and on and on. The depth and the scope and the breadth of this thing is beyond imagination. But really it was about what can we do to force humans to believe, think, obey. Uh, I don't even know how to give it all on the table exactly, but think, obey, cooperate, um, carry out, advocate for whatever agenda they wanted to put on the table. An anti-human agenda. And the anti-human agenda really uh, is a dovetail into the eugenics discussions, right? No, the eugenics discussions are part of the anti-human agenda. Okay. And, and I, I say that because it was taught that way specifically. I see. So, so tell me, the anti-human agenda, eugenics being part of it, is it that they want to be godlike humans and they want to make the rest of us like monkey-like humans? No, they want to uh, eliminate us as humans. And I, I, my background is uh, I'm from this elitist family, and uh, I was part of the ceremonies for human sacrifice and all these things, but I was not sacrificed because I was being trained. And the reason I'm coming forward now, there's certainly no professional benefit to me in, in doing this, is because uh, people like me who went through this horrible training and this programs and then submitted to it are the ones running the senior executive service, they're running the State Department, they're running all kinds of government agencies, they're everywhere. So you wonder how can intelligent, educated people support an anti-human agenda? And the ones of us that didn't are out of that. So. Um, it's very important. I mean, so help me understand something because I know a little bit more about. We're talking to Juliet M. Engel, ladies and gentlemen. She's a medical doctor. She's at the end of her career. She's retired. There's no political or professional benefit for her to speak out on this. In fact, it puts her in great danger. But her book is called Sparky: Surviving Sex Magic. JulietEngel.com. Her website. The interview continues in seconds. Why don't we say to the government writ large that they have to spend a little bit less? Anybody ever had less money this year than you had last? 
Anybody better have a 1% pay cut? You deal with it. That's what government needs, a 1% pay cut. If you take a 1% pay cut across the board, you have more than enough money to actually pay for the disaster relief. But nobody's going to do that because they're fiscally irresponsible. Who are they? Republicans. Who are they? Democrats. Who are they? Virtually the whole body is careless and reckless with your money. So the money will not be offset by cuts anywhere. The money will be added to the debt and there will be a day of reckoning. What's the day of reckoning? The day of reckoning may well be the collapse of the stock market. The day of reckoning may be the collapse of the dollar. When it comes, I can't tell you exactly, but I can tell you it has happened repeatedly in history when countries ruin their currency. You know where the solution can be found, Mr. President? In churches, in wedding chapels, in maternity wards across the country and around the world. More babies will mean forward-looking adults, the sort we need to tackle long-term, large-scale problems. American babies in particular are likely going to be wealthier, better educated, and more conservation-minded than children raised in still industrializing countries. As economist Tyler Cowen recently wrote, quote, by having more children, you're making your nation more populous, thus boosting its capacity to solve climate change. The planet does not need for us to think globally and act locally so much as it needs us to think family and act personally. The solution to so many of our problems at all times and in all places is to fall in love, get married, and have some kids. All right, ladies and gentlemen, the JulietAngle.com incredible interview continues about sex magic and abuse in America. It goes on today. It's been going on for 70-plus years and more. Um, it's very important. I mean, So help me understand something, because I know a little bit more about this than most might know. Okay? <laughs> Good. I, I can't tell you how. I, I just know more. So here's the question that I have for you. It is an anti-human agenda. Population control is certainly part of it. Um, the uh, eugenics movement um, to have some of these people live forever is part of it. I mean, it goes on and on and on. How does one like you, born into it, um, trained in it and abused by it, um, break free? Most people break down or end up in uh, multi-personalities or um, carry it forward or uh, are so broken they can't talk about it. Or How do you come out of this uh, so intelligent, become a doctor or an, an MD, uh, have your life together, have the ability to tell about this, and then have them not take your life. I mean, how, how does all this happen? It's, it's a terrible struggle, and that's what I write about in the book. Sparky, is it from the age of three, I was, I was the abuse started in earnest. By the time I was six, um, I was already taken off into programs and institutionally abused, and the thing that kept me going was my absolute belief that I was connected to God and that God did not like this. And do you believe that just came with you at birth? I don't know where it came from. I don't know how I got it. I don't know if maybe a grandparent put that in me or, but um, I was always looking for a way to find God. And I was always trying to buy, build antennas so that I could get to God. Was your uh, parents equally involved in this, or was one of your... Um, no, they were. Yes, very much so. Both so. Both so. And uh, are they alive today? No. 
Neither of them? No. That's part of the reason I felt like I could, I could come forward. Do you have brothers and sisters? I do. And were they involved? Uh, my brother was involved, but he denies it. So he says it's not true? He says it's not true. He wants to forget. He remembered for a while, and then he forgot. And yes. I don't blame him. I mean, <laughs> who yeah, would that, want to remember? That, that's what I mean, though, by people uh, have multiple personalities or people uh, block things out. And, I mean, there's all kinds of... That's why your story is a little bit unique, because you're not melting down. You're able to oh. talk about it uh, appropriately, right? Well, I did melt down, and, and uh, I... I uh, went off to work in Russia. I, um, that's a, another book, another story. But I, at, by the time I was 40, I couldn't remember anything before the age of 18. Nothing. Wow. It took years of work to start putting that together and then realizing why I didn't want to remember. All right. So you went to Moscow. You ran an underground railroad, right? Yes, I did. Tell me about that. Well, I went because there. it's really an outgrowth of the first story, isn't it? Yes, it definitely it is. And it wasn't until I'd done the second part that I went back and really looked at the first part. Like, why am I doing this? Yes. Why am I risking my life every day for, to rescue children in, in this third world environment? And why is it so important to me? And even choosing Russia, I realized in retrospect, I was really programmed to go to Russia. So, um, And not programmed to do the Underground Railroad, though, right? No, no. There I diverted. They wanted you to come to Russia for a different reason, right? Absolutely, yes. And I was under constant pressure to do what the embassy wanted me to do, and I never did. And they were constantly upset with me. And what was their agenda? Well, their agenda was to infiltrate uh, uh, on-the-ground civic groups. And they, at first they, they loved what I was doing because I was working with small groups of Russian organizations, uh, people in Russia that wanted to reform child health care and to stop human trafficking and to educate people across the country about human trafficking. But then what I found out is that the biggest receiver of human trafficking victims from the former Soviet Union was the United States. All right. So tell, me, <laughs> tell me where the word sparky comes from in this whole thing. Well, each year we move to a new place, new school, new um, location for the MKL program. Because part of the key is you can't have ties, right? can't have ties, no, and you can't have ties to places or friends. There's no connecting lines, and you have to become a new person every time. So when I was 10, I became Sparky, and Sparky was a spunky Scottish kid and uh, lived all kinds of imaginary adventures, which is how I got through each year. But this one was right at puberty, and uh, I, I was gaining sort of an adult view of things and realized that I was in very big trouble and that um, things weren't going the way I wanted to live. And I really, from then on, I was thinking and working about how breaking free of this. But that was the year of probably the worst abuse, and uh, I think it was deliberate because I was going through puberty and becoming, starting to become independent. There's something strange about these people's perversions that relate to flowering young women uh, <laughs> that's part of this, right? Oh, <laughs> yes. And they Am love- I saying this tactfully? That's, that's a very good way to put it, All but right. yes. I, I don't mean to be strange about this, but I do mean no, you're the right. people an understanding of this, right? You're right, yes. Okay, go ahead. Yes, and uh, one of the... I was... Every year at Christmas, they would destroy the holiday by taking me off to a Saturnalia. And in the Saturnalia, they do human sacrifice, and they do cut up children, and they do smear you with their blood, and they never killed me but they did cut me and they did use me and they did abuse me 
and um, the reason was that I was a special, a special one, and to prove that I had a cross carved in my head. And um, <laughs> where was I going with that? I was reluctant to put it in the book because I didn't want to tell people how to do it. You know, I, I think sure. there's a balance here. There's a balance. And even when I was doing the anti-trafficking work in Russia, I'd never put out too much about the trafficking networks because then it becomes a how-to manual for some. Yes, for sure. What is a Saturnalia? A Saturnalia is an ancient, ancient, ancient um, pagan ritual. So l let's be clear. It's on the earth. It's not something that is some alien thing. It's no. on the earth. It, it's a ritual. It's an exercise. It's, a, it's a, an event that they create, right? It's an event, and it takes place all over the world uh, at Christmas. In fact, Christmas probably was chosen because it was the day of the Saturnalia. And it's a worship of the god Saturn, and it involves decorating a hall with uh, greenery and, and lights and candles and burning cinnamon. I just <laughs> It's the memory of the smell of pine and cinnamon to me. I can't stand it. And um, they bring children. Uh, actually, they, they had us get dressed in our own homes, and then they drugged us and brought us to the site. And... Uh, then it was a, a and rape fest. You, and they drugged you mainly because uh, the average person in their, in their not clouded mind can't really go through these experiences, right? No, no. They had me drugged to the point I was paralyzed. So uh, while I had to lay on this bed of greenery and be attacked by I don't know how many men, I detached in my mind and floated off someplace, which was, I was very good at doing that and watched it all right tell me about the monarch program because that's what it was kind of called by the um it was in 1955 it was the monarch program by mk ultra um but that and then the sex magic um what one is a, a exercise of the other well the way it was presented to me and what i've tried to do with sparky is keep it strictly to my own experience sure and it's and it's sort of like it'll be up to investigators who who uh, can look at multiple people's experiences to really yeah, put it put together. Yeah, together the building blocks based yeah. on like experiences. But here's the, here's the building block for someone. But uh, the way it was presented to me was I was invited to be part of a, I was going to be in an organization called the Bluebirds. And I thought, well, that was great. That's how you become a, a, not a Girl Scout, a campfire girl. So, yeah, I thought that was really good. And then they gave me a butterfly pin and they said, no. You're a secret butterfly. You're a monarch. But you can never tell anybody you have this, and you can never show it to anyone at school. And so that, that's how it's presented to the children. It's, it's, it's secret. And um, then really as you approach puberty, that's when they start sorting you out based on, on uh, what your strengths are. <clears throat> and I was tall, pretty little kid, and uh, smart, and... Um, they decided I would be, they called, told me I was going to be a real girl. It's V-R-I-L, which is, uh, to me, they told me it was some kind of very intelligent scientist, which I thought sounded good. And uh, so then they started training us at Disneyland, <clears throat> how to go out and entrap people. And I got very good at that. Tell me what you mean by go out and entrap people. What you mean is 
uh, invite them into compromising situations that will be used against them. Right? Absolutely. Specifically, the first time, the first time they did that to me, they they took a bunch of us. We were all high on drugs, and they took us. Mind you, that I was ten years old. All right, ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to Juliet M. Angle, JulietAngle.com, her website. Sadly, we're discussing her personal experience about being in the Monarch Mind Control Program as a kid. She was born into a family of intelligence operatives. Surviving Sex Magic is the name of her book, JulietAngle.com. Your daily Liberty Newswire. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Lance Pry. Israel's parliament voted narrowly to approve a new government Sunday, with Naftila Bennett becoming the new prime minister, ending Benjamin Netanyahu's 12 years in office. With many disruptions during the first address to the Knesset, Mr. Bennett's translator during one of the outbursts. Government designate on behalf of this whole house and on the name of the citizens of all of the state of Israel. Member of Knesset, please get him out of the hall. Please remove him from the hall immediately. Please remove him from the hall. Vote stealer. Mr. Netanyahu sat quietly during the disruptions and predicted we'll be back. Americans Michael Taylor and Peter Taylor pled guilty in a Tokyo court Monday to helping former Nissan chairman Carlos Ghosn escape Japan in a box aboard a plane in 2019. The Taylors face up to three years in prison. USA Radio News. Hi, this is Jay Schrader, Super Bowl 22 champion and former Raiders quarterback. Playing professional football for 11 years beat my body up pretty bad. I've had so many surgeries on my neck, back, and shoulders and knees, I've just learned to live with constant discomfort. I tried so many products, some worked for a little while, but nothing gave me total relief until one day, a golfing buddy introduced me to SonsOfLibertyCBD.com. I used their CBD Muscle Ease, rubbed it on my hands and neck, and wow, what did it do for me? I immediately began using their other products, and I have golf pain-free for the first time in many years. I've reached out to Sons of Liberty CBD and visited their operation from farm to factory. Folks, this team walks the walk. Their motto is, for vets, by vets. I shared the product with my friend Wayne Allen Root, and now he's a fan of SonsofLibertyCBD.com. Wayne's fans will receive a 15% discount using code WAR15 at checkout. I've told all my NFL buddies about SonsOfLibertyCBD.com, and now I'm telling you. Go to SonsOfLibertyCBD.com. When it works for you, like it did for me, we both win. The average price of gasoline continues to cost more. John Clemens from the Texas USA Radio News Bureau reports. The price did reflect an increase of 95 cents higher than this time last year. But according to industry analyst Trilby Lumberg, the spring demand rush has yet to commence. The spring demand rush, as we might normally call it, simply did not materialize so far because of price, because of general inflation, and because the work commute is still grossly reduced. The highest average price across the nation is the San Francisco Bay Area at 4.31 a gallon, compared to Baton Rouge. At 260. United Kingdom's Boris Johnson is expected to announce a delay to the next phase of England's pandemic reopening Monday amid a surge in the Delta variant of COVID-19 first discovered in India. British media suggests openings could now be pushed back to July 19th. USA Radio News. 
All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen, going to the Juliet Angle interview, julietangle.com. It continues now. To me, they, they took a bunch of us. We were all high on drugs, and they took us. Mind you, I was 10 years old. They took us to Disneyland. They dropped us off. They made us get off the bus, and they said, if, you don't, if we don't have photographs with you doing this with a man, then you're not getting back on the bus. And it was clear that if we didn't get back on the bus, then we were going to be used for sacrifices. So um, I went diligently at it. I was in frontier land. I didn't have any money. I was really hungry. I wanted a hamburger. So I was on the, in the line to get into the, the golden horseshoe. And hold on. And you were hungry because they set this up to make sure that the base we had realities no f- will take over. That's right. We had no food. And uh, you, you see, I understand a little bit. They're intent- intelligently making sure that the base realities, they don't need to teach you how to do this. The natural body and the natural right. human instincts will do it if they set the trap properly. Yes, and it was beautifully set up. They dropped me right off in the line to the Golden Horseshoe, I think that's what it's called, uh, where, was, where I could smell the cheeseburgers. And, but I'm in line with no money, so I'm standing there crying. And, of course, some nice person... Some nice man says, what's wrong? Are you lost? You know, where are your parents? And I, I was just, I wanted a cheeseburger. And uh, somehow I got him to give me a cheeseburger, and then I got him to take me on the wild toad ride. And uh, I knew that there were people with cameras inside the ride, and they were, there was a place where it looks like you're going to head straight into a locomotive, and the light is coming at you. And then, of course, you veer away, but there were cameras there. So I had to have that man molesting me in front of the cameras uh, if I ever wanted to get back on the bus and go home. So I did it. I did it twice. And uh, And are these uh, men that don't realize what's happening, right? Yeah, they, they were completely innocent. They were just... Well, they're not totally innocent, but they're innocent to the real story. Yeah, it was me doing it. But, you know, when I'm 10 years old, I always think it was me doing it. So, yes. Yeah, but but we know you're an innocent (laughs) victim in the real world of normalcy. Um, In the real world of normalcy, a man wouldn't have gotten into the car with me, probably. Correct. But the idea, though, is that that man isn't really an innocent man entirely, but yet he's being taken advantage of as well. But yet now we've got two victims in a way. Yes, because they could blackmail that man. Yes. And do you know, was it a specific man they had selected for this, or was it all random? I don't know. See, it could have been. I don't know. I see. They just put me in the line. All right, so that's called Monarch. Uh, and the reason that the... So you're a monarch as a person in this program. The sex magic was a Disneyland operation within that program, right? Yeah, it was Disneyland. It was a, it was a lot more. It was a very intellectual program also, because uh, they were training us to be scientists. So I... Uh, went to high school in Palo Alto, and I had further education at the Stanford, um, what's it called, the Hoover Institution, where I had classes by Alexander Kerensky. You know, he'd been the first president of Russia. Mm-hmm. He taught Russia, Russian history, and I think instilled in me the desire to go to Russia and um, other, other classes. Yeah, because you, you've got to have your godless baptism into communism as part of this, right? Absolutely, yes. And a big and a big part of every training session was being strapped to a wheel and spun around as people chanted 
There is no day, there is no night, there is no light, there is no dark, there is no right, there is no wrong. Going on and on and on. And then it ends with, there's only green. So green, you know, we think of green as green, green chlorophyll, nice pastures, green grass. grass right. Yeah, but to them, green is a state of nothingness. And green is therefore the divine. So if you can get all the way to green, then it's, I, I, I don't Green know. is also the color of their fake money. Their fake what? Well, they call money green, right? Oh, yeah, green tax. So sure. th th that's the, uh, it all relates to profit, destruction, godlessness. Yes. All the things that abhor every one of us uh, are their, um, their gods, if you will. Yes. And right. How do we help young men and women? Because this didn't just affect women. These programs had men and uh, young boys involved too, right? Oh, absolutely, yes. The boys were doing the same thing we were doing. How do we make sure uh, to teach young ones to not get caught, not be involved? To, you know, can they get out? Can they? I don't know what you do because the first time I was raped was I was six. And my father set it up. And he stood there and watched while I was screaming for his help. And I watched him get paid by the, by the rapist. See, that's where the money starts, right? That's where the money starts. Does, and that, and that, did he laugh? Did he? He looked horrified and he was drunk, but he stood there the whole time and he didn't help me. All right. So we just developed these narcissistic tendencies which detach you from your emotions. He, yeah, I don't know. Maybe he was on drugs or something. But from then on, I never called him daddy again. Understood. So do you, you don't have any more than just a brother? I have, yeah, I have one brother. And that's all? Yeah. But I have cousins, and the cousins that I can't get to do later in life have also been through these various programs. And are they willing to uh, speak up like you are? I think once I do, they will. <coughs> when you say once you do, you've got your book out. Is this, uh, when do you kind of come out with this, or how long have you been speaking out about this? Well, I came out with the book, which was very difficult to write. It took me 10 years to write it. And sure. I, I came out with it uh, just as COVID was heating up. So I really wasn't able to get out, really get out there and, and talk about it. And plus, it, it took a lot of courage to um, get to the point where I could speak without being overly emotional. And uh, so it's really, this is, this is my coming out, is, is this Red Pill Expo. I understand. Tell me about your life. Are you single now? Are you married? No, uh, I'm widowed and um, I'm retired. I retired as a physician and I left Russia a few years ago. So were you a physician mainly in Russia? No, I was a physician in uh, Bellevue, Washington, which is next to Seattle. I'm old. <laughs> are you ready to name names? I can name some names. Because there's people that are involved. This is a thread that runs, right? Oh, yeah, there's a thread that runs. And I waited, actually. I felt better because a lot of them are dead. Because this goes back to the... Uh, you know, there's been a lot of people who have spoke up about sex trafficking and, and the abuse that have gone on. Uh, all kinds of people um, who have spoke out about this and who have worked on this, too. What's fascinating to me is it always gets talked about, but it never gets really the whistle blown completely, does it? It's because of the people that are in control. You know, the, who, who, who are the editors in the media? Who is running the newspapers? Who is... Uh, in charge of the various regulatory committees. Who's at the top? And you get right back to the senior executive service. And I think you have to, have to look real seriously at where those people are coming from. Is they, it possible to blow it wide open? I don't know. 
I, I, I don't think I can, but uh, I can give my experience in my piece. Amen. But, so tell me the, the, and I'm not, I don't ask this question as a challenge. I ask this question to understand and to find out our role. So for you to come out now, what's the purpose and what, what do you want us to know and do? Well, I hear speaker after speaker referring to, uh, oh, you know, we're under the yoke of the elite and we have to, we're oppressed by the elite and we're, they keep referring to the elite, but it's clear to me they don't understand who the elite are and what they are. And they also don't understand that the elite are terrified. They're the most fearful people and entities I've ever come across. They're terrified of us and, and, uh, um, us like, who am i you know i'm sort of on both but uh i don't know about that by you standing up you become one of us right i certainly feel that way yes and and, and i think that you jettison what you, you can't control who or you know whom you were born to you can't control what was done to you as a little child you were a victim i don't care if you participated in some of it or not uh, many sex victims participate in things as they're groomed and as they're trained and as they they don't understand and as they're uh, victims, but that doesn't, in my opinion, uh, create culpability. I mean, if you learn anything from psychology, um, you know, these people are victims, even if they are carrying out some bad actions along the way, uh, we don't blame it on them per se, right? Yeah, and they, they controlled us through our feelings of guilt. And, and can I give you one example? Please. Uh, they, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with uh, Lookout Mountain. It's near Los Angeles. Yes, uh-huh. And it was uh, built as a retreat for Hitler. Hitler, not Hitler. Hitler. Mm-hmm. And the bottom floor is a was a film studio where they made propaganda films, both for the American services and for the Nazis. And uh, after the war, they turned it into a porno studio to make snuff films using kids like me. And they they would give kids like me they. We'd be on drugs and in some weird clothes or no clothes. And they'd give us guns and tell us to shoot the other kids. And uh, kids would get shot. I mean, kids would die. And we thought we were doing it. And it really wasn't until last year when I learned to shoot a real gun that I realized, no, <laughs> what they gave us were just toy props. And I, I just... I absolutely melted at that because all this time I thought I'd shot kids. No, I was a kid. This is when I was like eight. How did you study and be a physician? How did you keep it all together, go through school, do all that, have a normal practice? I didn't remember anything. Nothing. And what triggered then now your uh, ability to recall? I went to Russia uh, on an exchange. This was in 1990, and I was invited there. I went there. I felt absolutely at home there, had no reason for feeling at home there could he actually even found out I spoke a little Russian and uh, kept having deja vu experiences of feeling like I'd been there before so um, that was all in the programming though right all uh, in retrospect absolutely and I even wound up in the building that I was programmed to wind up in I wound up having an office there for 10 years and uh, from then on I, th- I think I was off the program although the embassy was constantly pressuring me to to do what they wanted, and that wasn't <laughs> that wasn't going to happen. Uh, but I kept being asked by people like, "Why are you doing this? You know, why did you walk away from a successful practice and uh, the perfect life? You know, I had I had all the bling, 
and um, I couldn't answer it. I couldn't. How did you get out and get a normal life away from it for this uh, uh, t- space of time? By, by not remembering. And I have to say that my education, because I'd been in this program, was probably outstanding in terms of, of science and math and, and uh, people skills. So I, I, I had some skills that came from this program, but I couldn't remember where I got them. I couldn't remember anything. But how come they just left you alone? I mean, you might not remember because you blocked it out, but it seems like somebody would come to you, right? I have no doubt that they came to me. For instance, um, I was invited to a party, and the party was up in uh, the San Juan Islands, and uh, a bunch, I was going to meet, but this was in the time of Iran-Contra, and uh, I was invited to come, and they said, well, there'll be a bunch of Iran-Contra guys, these CIA guys, they're really interesting, they're going to so fly. So it's like the 80s stuff, right? Yeah, the 80s stuff, right. Okay. So they, they arrive in seaplanes, mm-hmm. and uh, two of them are the Epstein brothers, and, and we meet in this, and, and several other people that I don't remember. I, I really only can remember um, Jeffrey Epstein seeing pictures of him back then. But um, it was in a beautiful house, and basically, they wanted to give me the house. And they said, if, if we want you to work on our program, they wanted, because I was a, a radiologist and an ultrasound specialist and had patents and, and equipment, they wanted me to, to know, they wanted to know if I could um, hide uh, whatever data they wanted to transmit inside medical data, because they were building these island resorts for elites. And they wanted to be able to transmit information about them without it being intercepted. <clears throat> and I thought about it, and I said, yeah, you could do that. And uh, then they wanted me to come and live in, have this house. They were going to give me this house, live in the house, but I'd have to leave my children behind. And uh, I, <laughs> it, I wasn't going to do it, and um, well, I walked away from it. But that kept happening over and over. So I may have been intercepted many times. They're not going to tell me. Yeah, they're not going to be blatant unless you decide to go aboard, and then they don't, they don't mind connecting some dots later uh, if yeah. you play ball. Right? But I think, that, I think they, the way they stay successful is keeping you from knowing the rest of the pieces. Sure. And, and even being invited to Russia in retrospect was not an accident. I was mm-hmm. specifically invited, and I found that out later from uh, people in the, in the uh, Russian military intelligence. How many children do you have? I have two. And they're grown. They're grown. And are they aware of everything? They don't want to know any of it, and I don't blame them. <laughs> when, they, when you say they don't want to know any of it, are you saying that they're denying it and saying it didn't happen to you, Mom, you don't know? Or are they saying, we believe you, we just can't handle it? I think some of both. Some of both. They, they, I, I want them to understand because I think it has greatly impacted their lives, too, but I don't want to publicly bring them into any of this. And when you say publicly affected their, or affected their lives, just because of your circumstances, or have they gone after them as well? I, I don't want to say. That's, that's their business to talk about. I, I understand. I, I just know how multi-generational this becomes. Yes. And I can't believe that, there's, that it stopped there. I, it didn't. Now, it, it may have, you may have tried to control it from there, uh, but there's too much that we can't control. That's exactly right. And that's one of the worst things about my life, is that even knowing this, I can't... I don't know how much control I have, if any. And I know what happens, like when I presented that data about trafficking to the United States, how I was immediately ostracized from uh, State Department, from the embassy, from 
I mean, there, there was a, a concerted decision that uh, I wasn't worth the trouble. And, um, yeah. Do you have a relationship with your children now? Uh, I, I, I don't want to talk about anything about my children. All right. I just I hope there's a relationship and I hope there's help. I hope they listen to you. <laughs> that's, that's my whole point, and I don't mean to make it awkward, but, but I do think that if we're going to solve this, um, it's going to take more and more and more and more to stand up, and eventually there'll be the greater numbers. Um, you know, the Me Too movement uh, in a lot of ways was good, but in a lot of ways they're not taking on the real issues either. They're strangely mm -hmm. silent when it really, the rubber meets the road too, and that bothers me. Yes, I think a lot of the movements, if it has the look of a movement, immediately gets co-opted. And I've thought about, about creating a survivor's group or something, but I think they immediately get infiltrated and co-opted. And um, Yes, and then pretty soon they're funded to do all it, kinds exactly, of things, but exactly. not enough of the real digging to matter. And, exactly. And we go on and on down that's the road. That's right. right? Yeah. They'll fund half a person or a quarter of a person. That's, that's what I found out working with uh, government grants, is they'll give you 10% of this person and 2% of that person. Yeah, or you'll always be on the pursuit and you might even have, it's kind of like the, the, the war on drugs program. We'll get enough it drugs uh, busted to, to once in a while hit the news showing that we're doing a great job. But at the end of the day, they're not stopping any drug transfers. No. Okay, they're not. Uh, so the same thing will be true with this kind of thing. They'll get a, a, a booty here or there um, result to make it look like it's happening. You know, donate today. Kind of an idea. We're doing a great job. Look at, look at us. Look what we're doing. But in the real scheme of things, um, it's a drop in the pond. Yeah, like the, the, there was a presentation on the uh, AIDS epidemic and how that was created. Yes. But the reason why it was created was it became a few, this is my opinion, a huge funding boondoggle. I mean, the global fund gets billions of dollars, sends it all over the globe for fake programs. And the real programs get a tiny, tiny little percent. And the rest of it goes through Clinton Foundation and, and to uh, foreign governments and to fund palaces. and But... Uh, it's, it's all in the name of AIDS. And under that, there are all these other agencies called Friends of Global Fund that suck off resources but don't really do anything. So Understood. Let's form the black budgets. I'm sure. I, I don't have any. This is my opinion, having worked in that world. Juliet Angle with me, ladies and gentlemen. Her website, julietangle.com. We're talking about her being born into a family of intelligence operatives and initiated into the CIA's newly at the time established monarch program in 1955, part of MK Ultra mind control stuff. She was involved in sex magic as a child, then grew up and went to Russia, and she was involved in the Angel Coalition in Mas uh, Moscow, which really was an underground railroad to try to help people. She was then a successful physician, and now she's written her book, to tell you about it, Sparky was her nickname in this program. Surviving Sex Magic. Very riveting story, to say the least. Hopefully more and more people will come out and we'll get memories and be able to cooperate all those memories and get documentation to eventually expose and take down uh, criminals everywhere. Julia, I know I can't really cover it all in a short radio program. There's just too much here. What have I overlooked that you want everybody to know? Well, I, I want people to begin to understand who, who the elites are. And, and I think that... Uh, by name or by, by their... By what they are. By what they are. Got it. And, and uh, to me, the reason I, I can never be part of this family, I can never be part, is, is the abuse of children. 
the fact that they do sacrifice children and and they don't see but anything wrong to, with it because their god satanic demands it well you might you might be able to make a deal like you stop sacrificing children we'll stop i don't know what <laughs> i'm just saying that their god demands it of them yeah right yes yes that's a critical point to understand it is and i don't, I don't know how you get around Our that god is a god of agency if you're a christian their god is a god of force they're terrified of christians and that's why they're so concentrated on on changing the bible and destroying christianity and and uh, desanctifying churches, and and, um, and that's why they want to genify, jettison the male-female narrative as well. That's part of the wheel. There is no man. There is no woman. There is no mother. There is no father. There is no boy. There is no girl. There's only green. So the wow. green agenda is is nothing. The closest I get to green is the green grass and the green room when people get rid. <laughs> ready for radio programs oh, and evergreen oh. broadcasts, okay? Uh, it, it's a sad tale to tell. I know we can't cover it all, but I sure appreciate you coming. Now, uh, hopefully you're going to be able to, to speak out more. Hopefully we can bring people to the table, and hopefully this can create some kind of a movement. Really what we need is to expose this and create transparency. They can't work in the light, can they? No. No, they can't. It's the light and it's Christianity that, that they can't deal with. And that's why, you know what, they act like they're coming for the whites over race or they're coming for this or that. They're not really. They're really coming after the Christians in the end. They're coming after the Christians. And uh, one thing is we did have eugenics class. So I, I told you a little bit about that. That was one of the we had classroom training. And one of them was a class on why there would be no black people after 1982. And uh, I took that and wrote it into a school paper. I'd never met a black person by that time. And I, I wrote a, a report on why there would be no black people in 1982, wow. which raised a lot of flags and sent me off to a psychologist. But, so I, I have that somewhere. So let me ask you this. Are you a Christian now? Yes, absolutely. And how and when did you become a Christian? I had to work at it. It's taken, a, I couldn't read the Bible, and that's in Sparky. And every, even now, if I try to read it, I start reading it backwards. So that's, that's some kind of a deeply, deeply programmed thing. But I, I had a friend who very patiently, over the course of four years, read me every word in the Bible and read it out loud, and we discussed each book, each passage, how it fit in, and uh, uh, it was astonishing to me, absolutely astonishing. And to understand the difference between the world and the spirit and how the world is satanic and the spirit is is godly and uh are you able to forgive these people <laughs> no i understand it's a it's a long road part of the christianity that we believe in of jesus christ at some point you know that's a, a bridge you might need to cross right yes but i think at this point so many people are so quick to forgive not realizing that that's an enemy that, that wants to kill us. Yeah, we need to not forget, that's for sure. Don't There's forget, There's a big right. difference between forgiving and forgetting. Forgiving says, I'm going to leave it in the hands of the ultimate Savior, Jesus Christ, to deal with uh, this. It doesn't mean that I'm going to let it go, and it doesn't mean that I don't care, and it doesn't mean that I, I don't want accountability. It doesn't mean those things. It just means that Jesus will take care of this at some point, and I cannot have that burden personally. But forgetting is never an option, right? Yes. So I'm just over getting past forgetting so <laughs> it's a process and, I, and that's kind of why i asked maybe you're not ready for it now 
But at well, some point, we do know that the judge of the universe will judge them. Well, a very big participant in our program was Michael Aquino. And I don't know if you're familiar with him, but he just died. And uh, I'll never forgive him. So, I, and, and tell me his role. He was one of the higher ups in the program, and he, he considered himself a, a very high level uh, Satanist. And he had a team of Satanists, and they operated in all the different annexes where the kids were. And they devised these tortures and these, and these, uh, these awful things. And, and he was particularly active around the Hollywood area. And uh, I spent quite a bit of time around Laurel Canyon in the canyons. There's several canyons, not just Laurel Canyon. And uh, they have these programs running all over the place there. And he was uh, responsible for driving a lot of musicians into this Satanism and ultimately to their deaths. And where do you live now? On the East Coast somewhere. On the East Coast. I don't, I don't even know exactly where. I'm just understanding. So you live as far away from it as you can get is the point. No, it's everywhere. It, you can't get away from it. You can't get away from it. I thought I was away from it in Moscow, but... Uh, it's worldwide. It's worldwide. Do you believe there's places of safety or refuge? I'd like to know about them. <laughs> I don't know. Understood. Uh, you know what, Juliet? We sure appreciate you. We're maybe, flat out of time. Maybe South Dakota. <laughs> well, don't we wish. It certainly is a place of more freedom, but I, I have a feeling, uh, you know what? This stuff is everywhere, and I don't think you can get away from no, it. No, you can't, and it, we need to make a stand, and that's why I've made my stand. And we're grateful for your stand and your leadership, and we hope others stand with you. Juliet Engel, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. All right. Her website, julietengel.com. To learn more and to get her book. Incredible interview with Juliet Angle. It's a sad interview. It's a scary interview. It's an interview that makes you go, oh my. Do we have hope in this world? And ladies and gentlemen, the answer is yes, we do. Even Juliet has hope. She knows that God loves her. And that's what got her through this whole thing. Never forget God's love conquers Satan's hate. Got it? Remember that always. Christian or not, know that God loves you and me. And know there's good people doing good things all around the world. This is the one and only Liberty Roundtable Live. Hour one in the can, hour two coming up, coming up with Dr. Scott Bradley. We declare this nation shall endure. LibertyRoundtable.com, LovingLiberty.net. God save the Republic of the United States. Live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk radio Show. Talk Show. All right, happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman, live on your radio. Hard-hitting news the networks refuse to use. No doubt continues now. This is the broadcast for June 14th of the year of our Lord, 2021. This is our two of two. And our goal always to protect life, liberty, and property and to promote God, family, and country on your radio, ladies and gentlemen. And you know what? The Constitution is the key to the solution. I know they don't want you to believe that, but I'm telling you it's the truth. We need to restore the republic and the traditions of our founding fathers. And ladies and gentlemen, what we don't need to do is look 
everywhere but the right place for solutions. We do that too. Sad reality, right? We do this all the time. We want to just find some new fancy answer. We don't need a new fancy answer. We need to stick with what we know has worked and has a track record of success for the last couple of hundred years, right? That's what we need, ladies and gentlemen. All right, with that, we're going to welcome Dr. Scott Bradley to the broadcast. His lifelong goal and collegiate series to preserve the nation. His website, freedomsrisingsun.com. Doctor, welcome back, sir. Well, thank you. How are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic. In fact, I've got some really good news to share with you, sir. <clears throat> As you know, we've been working on getting constitutional counties up forever. Uh, and uh, it's been difficult, to say the least. We've been trying to get uh, counties to support our CSPOA resolution. You were heavily involved in the CSPOA resolution of 2014, right? Yes, I had a hand in some of the uh, uh, actual creation of that, I would say. So yes. I can't take the full credit. I mean, the founding fathers, we got to go back to them and look to their, you know, <laughs> we're standing on their shoulders. Let's put it that way. Amen to that. And um, it's it's instructive to note uh, that we all were in a room. We worked on this document big time. A um, couple of a constitutional attorneys, many sheriffs and, and police officers and uh, local officials, some constitutional scholars were involved, me, Dr. Bradley, and others. Uh, then it got better um, um, because what happened was that Sheriff Richard, or I'm sorry, Scott Bradley wrote the uh, document that was the, uh, you know what, where do you guys get this stuff from? Source documentation, if you will. Uh, it's been a huge undertaking. We've worked on this for a long time. So in 2014, we came out with our main resolution. And I'm telling you, it's pretty strong, pretty bold, pretty good. I love it. Well, <clears throat> to make a long story short, we got a call at the CSPOA from a guy who was the city manager, or t I'm sorry, county manager. His name is Burt Ramos from Lander County, Nevada. And he says, hey, this is at the CSPOA, by the way. He says, hey, <clears throat> we want to become a constitutional county. We're like, oh, good. Well, you know, any of you people that want to sign up, um, you know, here's how they sign up. And I would love it. That's great. He says, no, 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 Sam, you're not understanding we want to be a constitutional county the da agrees the sheriff agrees the county commission agrees we want to become a county member so we got off the phone and scrambled a little bit dr bradley because we've dreamed of this forever but we didn't even have a county membership <laughs> so we worked on building when we came back to him it's twenty five hundred dollars uh, to become a constitutional county uh member of the cspoa and you say well why that kind of money sam because it takes support to help the DA and to help the sheriff and to support the you know county commission and all this and so they said yes okay we'll do it so they created their own resolution and they signed and joined and we went to Lander County Nevada and had an incredible event with about 12 to 1500 people in celebration of that well while I was at that event helping Richard Mack run his table and selling books and talking to people and I spoke there I slaughtered critical race theory for the lie that it is uh, in my speech, Richard Mack spoke, brought up a bunch of different sheriffs. 
Uh, we were all in the rain. Nobody seemed to care. It was an incredible event. Well, while I was at that event, a guy by the name of Rex Steniger came up to me. And he said, hey, Sam, do you have a minute to chat? I said, of course. He said, I'm a county commissioner in the next county over, Elko County. And I um, got cornered by some of my citizens. And they asked me why I'm not willing to be a constitutional county also. He said, I thought about it, and they're right, so I'm coming to you for help. We want to be a constitutional county. So then I said, okay, well, what, uh, you know, what, what can I do to help? He said, can you give me some guidance on what, what, we should, what our resolution should be? What should we pass? So I naturally, the first county, Lander County, didn't use our resolution. They just kind of wrote their own. And I commend them for it. Don't get me wrong. We just didn't have time. It, it took us by surprise. I and mean, this was moving so quickly. Anyway, to make a long story short, I gave them the 2014 CSPOA resolution that Dr. Scott Bradley and many of us worked on and put together. And he loved it. But he said, Sam, I appreciate this, but it's not strong enough due to the COVID outbreak and the abuse we've all taken. Can we add to this? And I said, sure, but I'd like to, you know, get a constitutional attorney, Michael Perutka, and a couple of people to look at it. Anyway, the bottom line is they added to it and made it stronger, Dr. Bradley. And I've reviewed it. It's the same except for it's just made stronger. There's a couple of more mandates. We had about eight mandates. They made it 11. We're not going to tolerate the following things, if you will. So anyways, they then, I thought this um, county commissioner might be a little too exuberant. He wasn't going to get the support he had hoped to get. But he invited me via Zoom to their um, county commission meeting. And it opens, and Rex Steniger gave a speech. Uh, he made a motion to pass the stronger resolution. I'm going to call it the 21 resolution now. Seven years later, ladies and gentlemen, our hard work is paying off after seven years. So uh, then he reads, uh, he, or he, he does his opening statement. He then introduces the resolution. Another county commissioner seconds it. Then they go into a discussion about it, where the commissioners can make comments, the public can make comments, and other public officials can make comments. Everybody made comments to a person. Everyone was positive. The sheriff got up and thanked the city council for their diligence in giving him the support that he needs to be a constitutional sheriff. The DA was on board. The county commission voted unanimously to pass this stronger resolution. Incredible. The community stood up. Business owners said, thank you so much. We, we're, we need this. We're grateful. Individuals stood up, I mean, to a person. Unanimous passage of this stronger 21 resolution, but it gets better. I'm sitting there in shock of how positive there wasn't a naysayer in the room. Uh, and these are public officials taking the lead on this, mind you. I've never seen that before in my 30 years of public involvement. Never. Never as a constitutional advocate in 30 years have I seen this kind of behavior. It was just tremendous. And then they said this. They shocked me. Rex says, we want to have a party to celebrate this. He says, there's a problem, though. We cannot celebrate the party and have a party using government money. It wouldn't be right. It wouldn't be constitutional. We're not doing that. So I have a resolution here that I'd like to pass a second resolution, and it would be simply we will open an account, and citizens can volunteer money to have a party. We can administer it and support it. We just can't fund it. Um, but we can say that we're aboard for it. And we want to support the citizens in having it. And so he opened it up quickly. It was seconded, thirded, passed 
unanimously to where now they've got a fund to raise money to have a party. Well, the party they're going to have is on June 20th in Elko County, Nevada. Elko, Nevada, on the 20th. It's a Sunday. It's Father's Day. They're going to have an outdoor event starting at 4 p.m. Celebrating their passage of and becoming a constitutional county, the passage of the resolution and joining the CSPOA. So then they said, you know what? Um, We need to raise money here. We passed the resolution. Open it up. Who will volunteer money? They literally got a couple of thousand dollars in the meeting for the party funded by the citizenry. I was shocked about all that, pleased as could be about all that, and I was going on my merry way. And before we get to the article I want to talk about, I want to give Scott Bradley a chance to respond to all this thus far. It gets better, thus the article we'll talk about. But I wanted to highlight this. What do you think of that, uh, Dr. Bradley? Well, it looks like we're about ready to start a break, but let me just get started. (laughs) You know, this uh, CSPOA and the constitutional sheriffs and all this kind of stuff, it's kind of an outgrowth of of a Supreme Court ruling, the Mac Prince ruling that uh, told the federal government they couldn't direct the uh, county, the county sheriff specifically in this case that they were suing about. The the general government, and and I we could talk about federal and and uh, national and all that kind of stuff, but really general government covers the term. The United States government cannot direct the activities of these local authorities, and um, the recognition of that is is a, a a big thing. It's it's a fast forward to a. Uh, casting off a lot of the false philosophies that have been imposed upon the nation during the last, well, it's mostly this uh, 20, 20th century and 21st century. The uh, resolution uh, with its backup information is all soundly founded, constitutionally based, original intent, founding fathers quotations galore. It's based on due process and all the things that are Americanist, none of this uh, ramrodding, railroading kind of thing. And uh, just as a little side note, perhaps, I might just parenthetically remark, and I'll do that when I get back. <laughs> we'll talk maybe you about You got it, ladies and gentlemen. We'll go straight to Dr. Scott Bradley in mere seconds. We'll let him continue. He's uh, on fire. Good news. Brush fires of freedom everywhere. You are listening to the one and only Liberty Roundtable Live. for Moral Law is a nonprofit legal foundation committed to protecting our unalienable right to publicly acknowledge God. The Foundation for Moral Law exists to restore the knowledge of God in law and government and to acknowledge and defend the truth that man is endowed with rights not by our fellow man, but by God. The foundation maintains a twofold focus. First, litigation within state and federal courts. Second, education conducting seminars to teach the necessity and importance of acknowledging God in law and government. How can you help? Please make a tax-deductible contribution, allowing Foundation attorneys to continue the fight. You may also purchase various Foundation products as well at morallaw.org. Located in Montgomery, Alabama, the Foundation for Moral Law is a nonprofit, tax-exempt 501c3, founded by Judge Roy Moore. Please partner with us to achieve this important mission, morallaw.org. 
The spirit of the American West is live and well in Range Magazine, the award-winning quarterly devoted to the issues affecting the American West. Each issue contains informative articles, breathtaking imagery, as well as the culture of cowboy spirit today, and gift ideas like the 2021 Real Buckaroo Calendar. Order online from rangemagazine.com. Loving Liberty Network salutes the spirit of the American West at rangemagazine.com. Well, my mom smokes and my dad smokes and I saw them smoking, so I tried it. They're telling me not to smoke, but they smoke themselves. When it comes to smoking, are you sending mixed signals? But when you teach someone a certain way to do things and you go back on that certain way, it sends mixed signals to the person that they're trying to teach. The parents need to be the example. Smoking. If you think you're old enough to start, you're smart enough to stop. A public service message from this station and the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. We're talking about constitutional counties. Dr. Scott Bradley in the house, and he continues. So the CSPOA was born out of a win at the Supreme Court defending uh, the jurisdictional boundaries between the federal government and even states and the counties. There are jurisdictional uh, boundaries, and leaders in counties need to stand up. Dr. Bradley? Well, first of all, the people need to know that uh, that is the Americanist way. But getting back to my comments or thoughts before the break, uh, Nevada really is an oppressed state in almost every way, shape, and form. Uh, the, the great you know, population centers are, are held by those that promote the socialist perspectives. They have the votes, and that's why they, they have guys like Harry Reid that end up in the Senate and are so powerful. But it, it's interesting to me that there's other oppressions, too. The federal government owns over 80%. Well, they don't really own it. It's not constitutional or anything like that. Uh, but they own, or they control, I guess I should say, over 80% of Nevada's total land mass. That is absolutely oppression. That's in violation of what the American Founding Fathers intended. That's in violation of the Northwest Ordinance of 1787-89. The, the equality of the states is absolutely impinged upon by this complete egregious violation. But when I, a few years ago, I, I was asked to go out and speak in, in Elko. And when I go speak into an area, I, I kind of like to get the spirit of the area, if I will. I, I like to... Uh, you know, go and uh, you know, go in grocery stores. I talk to people on the street, uh, uh, just kind of check the feeling out of the community. And, and the people seemed, by and large, less oppressed and less unhappy. Uh, in fact, they were rather pleasant. I mean, they were good, pleasant people. In fact, <laughs> uh, but um, they just it didn't fit the mold of what I'd come to see in Nevada so often. And and, and I started asking people, and it was really funny, not funny, it was thrilling to me, actually, that some of them actually had a reason for that. And it was that in their particular county, a smaller percent, about a 10% smaller percent um, in their county was owned, operated, controlled, whatever you want to call it, by the general government. And they said, with that additional percentage that can be owned and operated and can be made profitable and 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 we can bring prosperity and so on to the community we're, we're better off than most of Nevada 
you know. And I was just thrilled to think, you know what, here's people that are actually thinking about how the socialist program of government ownership and control of the means of production and distribution, that's the definition of socialism, whether it's communism or fascism or Marxism or whatever it is, it's, that's the definition. The government was oppressing and is oppressing Nevada. But the fact of the matter is these people saw with a little bit of breathing room, they could actually prosper better anyway. They weren't as prosperous as they could be if the government didn't control all of that. But the fact of the matter is they knew that. And so this is a more of a, an awake people. And I'm not talking about the woke generation where all of these these snowflakes are out there. These are people that are they're thinking about the sound foundation we were delegated by our founding fathers at such great cost, and, and they're beginning to exercise it. Now, what I might say, too, about you know the extra one, I haven't seen the extra points they added to the resolution we put together seven years ago, but it's, it's not surprising to me that after this farcical theater that we've gone through for the past 15 months, with this Fauci facade that's been out there, this debauchery that's been foisted upon the nation and the world, that they would come up with some more things. Now, here's what's happening. I mean, I'm, in, I'm kind of enheartened by this thing, too. I think about what happened in England back in, in 1215. You know, the barons there, you know, had this King John there, and, and it was kind of like King John just kept adding to the pile of disturbing things that he was trying to do. And and the, the barons, find, they've had enough. They say, you know, no, 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 we're not going to do this anymore. We're, we're not. And so in June of 1215, they got together and running meat, and, and they put a sword to the throat of, of uh, King John, and they said, listen here, buddy, you're going to sign this, uh, this resolution, if you will, that's going to enunciate a lot of the things that are bugging us. And and honestly, it, it was fairly poorly written. I can just see the barons sitting around the campfire saying, oh, by the way, throw in the thing about the fish traps and throw in this and that and the other. There's things in in this Magna Carta that we're talking about that, that really uh, shouldn't probably ought to be in there. The things that uh, that treat Jewish people and women at, at, at lesser status before the law and so on. But But nonetheless, these guys had put up with enough to say finally enough is enough. And we're not going to put up with it anymore. They were sick and tired of being sick and tired. And that's where America's maybe going with this thing. If there's anything good that come out of this Fauci facade, is that perhaps there are some Americans awakening. And, and to become a constitutional county, I mean, who, who should have to do that? It's just, it should be a no-brainer. Everybody say, yeah, we are. What, what do you mean we've got to pass a resolution? What? No. That's just the way the Americanist philosophy works. There's a separation of power. There's a delegation of power. There's checks and balances. And there is this federal system wherein the general government has certain powers delegated exclusively to it. There's other powers it shares with the states. But the, look at the Tenth Amendment. It says, if we didn't delegate power to you, general government, you don't have it. You turkeys need to crawl back in the box, and here's the deal. People need to understand that the general government, we're talking about the executive branch, the judicial branch, the legislative branch, every single one of those creatures is a creature of the contract. They didn't exist before the contract was brought into existence and ratified. 
None of them existed. And they, because they are creatures to the contract, have no authority to do anything but what is delegated to them within that contract. The states, being the creators of the contract, need to intervene. And the states need to say, the heck you say. Of course, I could state it more strongly. There needs to be things like state legislatures that say, no, we're exercising a prerogative that's constitutionally unsound and known and understood from the very beginning. We can nullify overstep. Now, by the way, the, there were two resolutions written back in 1798, the Virginia and Kentucky resolutions. James Madison and Thomas Jefferson collaborated on both of them, although there's a lot of people that don't really understand that. But the Virginia and Kentucky resolutions, people need to get them out and read them. And they should cheer all the way through. Basically, they outline the fact that if the general government oversteps its bounds, there are two ways by which to stop that. One way, if, they were, if the general government was delegated a certain power, like, for example, the tariff power, which uh, had a lot to do with the so-called Civil War, the oppression that was... The, the general government has the power to establish tariffs. And the, the real constitutional way to solve that, because it is a constitutionally delegated power, is to solve that at the ballot box, because they do have a power to, to do tariffs. If, we, if they overreach that power, we need to correct it by the vote. On the other hand, though, it's clearly understood that if an undelegated power, or a power that was not delegated, if you will, is usurped by the general government, the states have a duty, a constitutional duty, to intervene and say, the heck you say, we are going to intervene, and it's an act of love, because we are doing this to preserve the republic. If the general government becomes tyrannical, oversteps its bounds, and begins to oppress the people. And we really people. shouldn't say if, Dr. Bradley. We should say when. It is. Right? Okay. No, no, it is. It is not when. It is happening. The footprint of the general government right now over the nation, well, just like I pointed out, look at this. In Nevada, we're talking about 81.07% of Nevada's total land is held, controlled, not really owned, not constitutional, anything like that, by the general government, okay? Utah's two-thirds. Well, but here's the problem. By definition, if you look at the, the definition of socialism, government ownership or control of the means of production and distribution, and, and land is the primary principal origin of wealth, of production and distribution, land is really what that is, okay? Out of the land, we get all our wealth. I mean, whether it's, whether it's water, whether it's minerals, whether it's agriculture. I mean, you, you pick your poison, if you will. Some of these other phony baloney things that we're talking about, um, you know, that they try and stretch at, we won't get off on those tangents because it's not real wealth. But government ownership and control of the means of production of distrib and distribution, that's socialism. In Utah, for example, uh, two-thirds of the land mass is owned by the general government. Not owned, I keep... We've got to talk more about this because people need to understand that when you add state Ladies and, and gentlemen, it is unconstitutionally ownership. controlled by bureaucrats and professional do-gooders. <clears throat> We're supposed to have equal footing when the states join the union. That got on the altar of betrayal. And therefore, government controls land they ought not. Quick pause, Dr. Bradley... We'll continue and then we'll get into this article a little bit. 
Then I got a couple of other news tidbits before the end of the hour. Hang tight, everybody. Exposing corruption. Informing citizens. Pursuing liberty. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Lance Pride. President Biden and some Western leaders issued a confrontational declaration about Russia and Chinese government behavior on Sunday's closing session of the G7 summit. The group is calling out Beijing over its internal repression, vowing to investigate the pandemic's origins and shame Moscow for using nerve agents against people and cyber weapons. The Chinese government responded saying, the days when global decisions were directed by a small group of countries are long gone, end quote. After 12 years and three U.S. presidents, Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu has been replaced by the Knesset in a very slim victory. Naftali Bennett will take his place. She's a priest, and when Reverend Pamela Conrad looks into the heavens, she's really looking into the heavens. By night, Conrad moonlights as a research scientist as a member of the tactical operations team for the Mars Perseverance rover mission. Thanks for listening. We are USA Radio News. Deb's constipation with belly pain, discomfort, and bloating kept giving her grief. She talked to her doctor to get some relief. Turns out Deb had irritable bowel syndrome with constipation or IBS-C, which was a start. Saying yes to Linzess helped her do her part. Linzess, or linaclotide, is a prescription medicine that treats IBS-C in adults. Linzess works differently than laxatives. It lets you have more frequent and complete bowel movements and helps relieve overall abdominal symptoms, belly pain, discomfort, and bloating. These symptoms were studied in combination, not individually. Do not give Linzess to children less than 6 and it should not be given to children 6 to less than 18. It may harm them. Do not take Linzess if you have a bowel blockage. Get immediate help if you develop unusual or severe stomach pain, especially with bloody or black stools. The most common side effect is diarrhea, sometimes severe. If it's severe, stop taking Linzess and call your doctor right away. Other side effects include gas, stomach area pain, and swelling. There could be more to your story with IBSC. Talk to a doctor today. Say yes to Linzess. Learn more at Linzess.com or call 1-800-LINZESS. Sponsored by Avian Ironwood Pharmaceuticals. A 25-year-old man died Sunday of injuries sustained in a shooting that wounded 13 other people in downtown Austin, Texas on Saturday. Austin police named victim Douglas John Cantor. A Massachusetts high school graduate found a better cause for her scholarship money. Brad Bernards with the West Texas USA Radio News Bureau report. Verda Tetta earned a standing ovation as the class speaker at her Massachusetts high school graduation. But what she did next had the crowd in awe. I am so very grateful for this, but I also know that I am not the one who needs this the most. The Fitchburg High School student, who will be attending Harvard College in the fall on a full scholarship, won an additional $40,000 scholarship from her high school at last week's graduation ceremony. She could have used the scholarship for expenses, but instead, the 17-year-old gave it away shortly after it was awarded. Fitchburg High School is about an hour's drive west of Boston. USA Radio News. I want to dedicate this song to Mr. Rupert Murdoch. All right, Dr. Bradley with me, ladies and gentlemen. FreedomsRisingSun.com, his website. Check out his weekly webinars on the Constitution and more. Dr. Bradley, I want you to finish up on this land point you're making, and then we'll move to the article and kind of the next phase uh, in this great news we're, we're laying out here. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, uh, there's a whole spectrum of things we could do with this thing, and I'm glad to hear that Elko and some other counties are doing this. But the point I was going to make was I'll take Utah. It's my home state. Two-thirds of the land mass is, is uh, operated by the uh, general government. When you add in the state owned or operated 
and the local municipality owned and operated is just under 90% of government-owned land in the state of Utah. So by definition, Utah, I think, could be easily, uh, reasonably assumed to be 90% communist. Socialist, I mean, you know, communist may be a, a little harsh term for it because it wasn't brought about by the point of a bayonet or anything, but 90% of the state of Utah fits the defined purpose of socialism. Nevada is worse. So here we have a, a huge problem there. And people say, oh, but it's so good. But you know what the policy for federal land is? To manage minerals, oil, gas, timber, wildlife, fish. In other words, all the natural resources that would bring about wealth, that would bring about prosperity, that would bring about equal footing with the other states that were there in the original 13. So this is something we need to wake up. And people say, oh, but it's such a good purpose. I'll quote, uh, well, Henry Grady Weaver back in the 1940s quoted Isabel Patterson's book, The Gods of the Machine, and without reading the whole quotation that I think you'd love to hear about mankind running their own affairs and everything like that, uh, this, this statement is, the harm done by ordinary criminals, murderers, gangsters, and thieves is negligible in comparison with the agony inflicted upon human beings by the professional do-gooders who attempt to set themselves up as gods on earth and would ruthlessly force their views on all others with the abiding assurance that the end justifies the means. Okay, so here we have these government bureaucrats that you're talking about. Here are the Fauci facade people. Here what they've done is they've destroyed the economy of the greatest nation on earth. They've caused suicide, spouse abuse, uh, drug and alcohol abuse. They've caused all sorts of untold misery these do-gooders that have tried to control our lives. And so, like I say, these people in, um, in, in Nevada that are writing these resolutions, and they've added to, to the resolution we put together seven years ago, have said, in some way, I think, like the barons in 1215, we've had enough. And, and hopefully the people in America are starting to wake up and say, yeah, we've had enough too. No more will we sit by idly while this oppression occurs while we destroy the things that, that made America what it had been for 200 years. And, and the fools that sit at the head of the government at this point, thoughtlessly on their st in their stupor of power, maybe there'll be some pushback. And, and I hope and pray that, that what you're seeing in Nevada with this constitutional county movement is just the tip of the iceberg the, and I hope it doesn't become the point of the spear, because honestly, um, the people have a big footprint right now on this nation. It's a boot. It's on the throat of the people, and I don't think they're going to give up their status um, easily. And, and, and I hope and pray that they'll see that they are in the vast minority and that there will be more counties, more municipalities, more states. Heaven knows we need more states that have a backbone. Utah doesn't have one. But uh, maybe there'll be some that will will uh, somehow waken up to some of this stuff. Well, Go on that with is your article. <laughs> that is certainly the hope, ladies and gentlemen, and we're working on that effort. So we are delighted about this. We are working on this. Now, here's the better part. Rex Stinniger, the county commissioner in Elko, Nevada, that really came up to me and, and worked on this with me, then said, I believe I can get 15 out of the 17 counties in Nevada to jump aboard. And he then took the personal responsibility to write an open letter to the other counties and ask them to be part of it. 
He reviewed the letter with us that he sent it out, and then he basically said, I will follow up with each of these counties and let you know where they stand and what we can do to further the cause. So now you've got a party going on on the 20th in Elko, Nevada, on Father's Day, celebrating their efforts. And you've got a county commissioner willing to reach out to the other 15 out of the 17 counties in Nevada. He doesn't believe he can get Vegas. Clark County's too corrupt, he says. Uh, and, but the other counties he believes will go aboard. So he's working on that for us. And Rex will keep us um, up to date on the progress of this effort. In the meantime, more things are happening. So I went to the Red Pill Expo, as you guys all know. And we've been playing back uh, sound bites and clips and interviews. And even Dr. Bradley was on with me when we were at one hour of the Red Pill Expo as well. Uh, so he's caught up on that. But I met with Alex Newman, well-known writer. Uh, he's with the John Birch Society, writes for the Epic Times and many other people. And I told Alex this story, and he was shocked, and he says, all right, I want to do an article immediately on it. Well, the article just came out in the Epic Times. Two Nevada counties go constitutional. Alex Newman, theepictimes.com. Now, I got to just tell you this. What is the Epic Times? It's a bunch of disgruntled folks that have been abused by communism that are standing against their country uh, for real news. Isn't that what it is, uh, Dr. Bradley? Well, and, and I would hope that it would become such a thing and be recognized as as a, a, a force to be dealt with in the movement to restore what we've lost. Amen. By the way, so these I, people... Go ahead. Well, I was going to say, what your county chair or your county that you're dealing with is doing this exactly right. They're spreading the word, and they go to other counties. And I've got a resolution I put together some time ago. Uh, it's a generic resolution for nullification. We mentioned that. The final words in it are resolved that the governor be desired to transmit a copy of the foregoing resolution to the executive authority of each of the other states and with the request that the same may be communicated to the legislature thereof. So what's happening needs to, what needs to happen is when they, when you get somebody that's grown a backbone, they need to share this like your county guy is. And, and this, this Epoch Times is, and, and what we should do as states, we should let this grow. And by the way, that's back in the uh, 1798 uh, Virginia and Kentucky resolutions, that's exactly what Jefferson and Madison said. This is an act of love. The states need to band together. They need to act upon this, and, and there is strength in numbers. And if enough people poured the general government back in the bottle, and, and you know, this notification thing, look what Utah did uh, here a couple of years ago with medical marijuana. I mean, that violates federal law. But the Utah people said, no, we're going to do this. It's not medical marijuana. It's medical cannabis, and, and marijuana is a pejorative term that's been used to fear have people fear. But the fact of the matter is, that was what they did, and they've exercised nullification without calling it nullification. And that's what the counties need to do to Nevada and to the federal government. And the so, principle yeah, is real. Is These good. resolutions back in 1798 are the ones that document that great solution. Let's quickly tell you about the Epic Times for a second. The Epic Times is America's fastest-growing independent news media. Founding, founded in 2000, our mission is to bring you a truth, truthful view of the world, free from the influence of any government, corporation, or political party. We aim to tell you what we see, not how to think. We strive to deliver you a factual picture of reality that lets you form your own opinions. The epic in our name represents our commitment 
to this mission. We believe in a truly epic times where the faithful representation of our current events won't just be important for the people of today, but the generations of tomorrow. The records we keep now will directly inform the foundations of the history they learn of the values they will cherish. This knowledge is what drives us now. Um, these people are freedom fighters as far as I've been able to tell. And it's really neat to see this newspaper take the lead when you search for this headline, two Nevada counties go constitutional. You see the Epic Times taking the lead and now you see a bunch of other news sites jumping on board. Pretty soon it'll be published at libertyroundtable.com as well. And I would encourage everybody to publish this story and make it go far and wide. But in this story, it basically tells the story about these two constitutional counties. Uh, it quotes liberally from Richard Mack, who was interviewed by the Epic Times and Alex Newman for this article. But at the end of the article, uh, it has a little statement from me. Do you have that handy, Dr. Bradley? Do you have this article up at all? No, and I'll tell you why. I, for some reason, I'm, I'm being blocked from it. I can read the headlines. I've been trying to search it out. I can read the headlines, but I cannot read the article in its entirety. And I, I'm quite frustrated because it is a grand source of knowledge, but, but for some reason, I am being blocked from it. So you're going to have to read Understood. to me because... All right. <laughs> so anyway, I find this interesting, but this article's big. I mean, it's long. And it really explains how Richard Mack famously sued the Clinton administration. It talks about how... He won at the Supreme Court and then talks about how uh, the CSPOA was kind of founded. It really goes into the details about um, Rex Newman. I I'm sorry, Rex Newman. Wow. Rex Stinegar and how he was involved. It really goes into that. And then it says, as the word spreads and citizens across America get involved, Sheriff Mack told the Epic Times that these two counties are likely just the beginning. When we get back... I'm quoted in the article, and I'll tell you what I had to say. Hang tight. Dr. Bradley and Sam Bushman on Liberty Roundtable Live. Dad, can you make him stop? Honey, he needs to practice. He's been at it an hour. Well, just trying to be patient. Dad, it sounds like a cat calling for help or something. Worse, a basement full of cats. Yeah. You know, hon, it is a little hard on the ears. Not you, too. Well, maybe we can all play a game. Andrew, do you want to play a board game? Uh, how about we watch a video? Hide and seek? Oh, I don't know. I give up. Maybe we could all just sneak out of the house. Honey, he's nine years old. We can't leave him home alone. Man. We can make him practice with a sock. Well, I guess we'll have to get some ice cream. Did I hear someone say, ice cream? Family, isn't it about time? Oh, I see the practice hasn't hurt your ears. Well, I'm a serious musician. Funny that you never seem to get better on that thing. Works every time. From the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Hey, uh, where did all these cats come from? I believe there will come a time when we are all judged on whether or not we took a stand in defense of all life from the moment of conception until our last natural breath. As a teenager, I gave my first public speech in my church. My hand shook, my heart pounded. I thought to myself, I can't do this, but somehow I did. And because I wanted to talk about things that were important, I persisted. I chided my church as a senior in high school for not seeming to care about the not yet born, for looking the other way and for not taking a stand on life. 
I will be in earnest. I will not equivocate and I will not excuse. I will not retreat an inch and I will be heard. One thing I promise you, I will always take a stand for life. Back with you live on your radio, ladies and gentlemen, Sam Bushman, Dr. Scott Bradley with me. We're talking about this incredible article written by Alex Newman in the Epic Times. Two Nevada counties go constitutional. So I'm now working. What the heck? All right. These two counties are just... Uh, likely to be just the beginning, says Sheriff Richard Mack. And then at the end of the article, I have a quote, and I think it's really relevant here. CSPOA operations manager Sam Bushman, who worked closely with the counties and the county officials on this effort, emphasized in comments to the Epic Times that this is a citizen's push in partnership with all public officials. It's important to remember that without the people, these efforts would be for naught, he added. This is a peaceful stand for the rule of law, he said. It's accountability for all, including and especially those who work for the people and take an oath. Bushman said that he was already working with other elected officials on the issue. Nevada governor Steve's Sizzlack's office did not respond to requests for comment. So there's my comments, uh, Dr. Bradley, and I would submit to you that my comments dovetail with yours perfectly because you said, I hope we're not the tip of the spear. We want this to be peaceful. Um, I pray that it will. And and, and those are echoed in my comments uh, in the Epic Times, sir. Well, you know, it's like we said a little bit earlier. Uh, Nevada is an oppressed state, not just because of the land issue, but because of the this um, the the voting mass of the people are in the two largest counties that probably will not associate with this. They have a propensity to go with the socialistic perspective, which is government ownership and control. And and so you're probably not going to get a response from the governor because the governor knows his power base comes from the socialists that occupy the two largest counties of the state and these other people that are out there are, you know, they're non-issues because they can't keep him in office or take him out. Fact of the matter is, as as liberty spreads, we're going to find more and more, I believe, that'll join with us. And 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 this is very very exciting. It's thrilling, in fact, that um, there's there's little inroads. But I do believe that the past 15 months have. Uh, I've sharpened the teeth, if you will, of those that are going to uh, chew on the tyranny that is has been built up. I find it absolutely stunning that um, common everyday people, the, the 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 people that that make America really what it is, are the uh, are the ones that are seeing this, and those in the that sit on their thrones at the head of the government are um, they think they're above it all. And and it's one thing, I, I can't tell you how often I get comments from people that say, why do these people do this? Don't they know that what they're doing will oppress their their 
posterity, their children, their grandchildren, and, and family members even that are alive today. Don't they know that? And it's so amazing to me that that quotation about these do-gooders that I gave earlier that, uh, you know, Isabel Patterson and, and Henry Grady Weaver used, uh, they they think that that they're, they know better than all. Um, here's a, an earlier statement about that. Um, it is highly presumptuous of any mortal man to assume that he's endowed with more fantastic ability that he can run the affairs of his fellow men better than they as individuals can run their personal affairs. And that's what these people that sit at the head of the government are thinking to do. I don't care if it's the executive or the legislator or the judicial branch of the general government or it's at the state heads generally. And I don't care if a Republican sits in the office or a Democrat. Well, I'll tell you, most of the people that sit in office are pandering to the big government things. Utah is a prime example of that. Where our current governor, I don't, I don't think he could get away with what he's doing if it were not for the fact that he had an R behind his name. And people think, oh, he's, he's, story. Oh, he's, he's one of us. He's a conservative. But in Nevada and that, they don't have to make those errors. They, just, they know they can get elected with a D behind their name. You know? But yeah, the fact of the matter is that's how most of them for do. Sure. The parties need to be jettisoned, but this is a huge uh, thing. And so these two Nevada counties go constitutional is important. So it gets even better. So not only did Alex Newman publish this in the um, Epic Times, but as far as I understand, it's the lead story sent out to all the subscribers to the New American. And it'll be in the New American coming up uh, from what I'm told as well. So this is serious business and who's taking the lead in the news. Me, Richard Mack, Dr. Bradley, all of us worked on this back in 2014. Uh, you got a, a little bit of information on it back then when we worked on it to the best of our ability. But now this is growing. And now the uh, county uh, document that um, Elko County passed is really becoming the standard for the upgraded 2.0 CSPOA resolution. Uh, the goal is to get a standard that has already been passed by certain counties, already been reviewed by certain DAs, already been uh, analyzed by constitutional scholars and county commissioners, and the American people in an effort to get a standard that can go viral across the country and really, really uh, document and give some of these people mojo to stand up against the abuse and tyrannies we're experiencing. So anyway, we wanted to bring that to your attention. Uh, there's a lot more we could say about it, um, but we'll bring it up uh, over the next several weeks as the story unfolds uh, and give you more on it. Did you hear about the man that got swallowed by the whale? Dr. Bradley? I, I read that. Actually, I think it got in his mouth and didn't go down the whole gullet, but it's really funny. That, that whale, I yeah, think, the guy's was, name was Michael know, they... Packard. His name okay. was Michael Packard, and he was diving for lobsters. When he got gulped down, uh, he, I guess it was in Provincetown, Massachusetts, he got gulped down by the whale. He didn't go all the way down to the, into the tummy. Uh, somehow he started to go down. He was freaking. He thought he was dead for sure. The next thing you know, he just got... <laughs> coughed back up by the whale, I guess. And they say he's doing better. He's doing fine now. Could you imagine modern time story like that? Wow. Absolutely. I mean, the, maybe Jonah. I mean, think about this. And and that was the sign of the the Savior being in the tomb three days. You know, I mean, all of this could be brought into scriptural things. But here's the thing with Jonah. By the way, as well Jonah, as it should, sir. It should. Jonah was called by God to go preach to Nineveh. 
It was a tough it was a tough assignment. Nineveh was not known for receiving these kind of warnings. Neither is America today. And I think those that, that have a feeling for the cause of liberty need to understand that maybe when they speak the truth, they won't be received so easily. Jonah ran from the from the assignment. And and God kind of got his attention by having him swallowed up by a big fish. And, and finally he said, okay, 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 I'll go do it. I think more of us need to do that. Okay, 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 I'll go do it. I will stand in that liberty that has been granted to us. And we need to, to be courageous. Now, Jonah went on to have success. The people repented. They, they said, okay, fine. I mean, if God's going to take this out on us, and I think that's where America's going, is God's going to get uh, to the point that maybe we've reached the point of no return and we'll have to have a comeuppance. But what if we do repent? What if we do come back to the sound foundation, this godly uh, uh, beginnings of America where everything we have is based upon you know, principles of, of uh, eternal value, you know? And what if we do repent? What if we do turn our hearts around? I, I think it'll go good for us. Then we can't be like Jonah and say, well, he, he, didn't, uh, he didn't end up destroying the nation. That's kind of a, oh, man. And so he gripes and moans. But we should rejoice. If enough people turn their hearts back to the correct principles, we could restore this nation. As I always say, the greatest, freest, strongest, most happy, most prosperous, most respected nation on earth. That could come back. And by the way, Joe Biden and his cohorts in this European gathering, holy cow, talk about selling the farm, giving it away, undermining, cutting the legs from under America, whatever, however you want to say it, that man is absolutely un-American to the core. And, of course, I don't know if he knows he is because he's probably being directed this way in his handlers, and his handlers are telling him what to say and do, and I'm not sure he really knows what he's saying and doing most of the time. But the fact is, have you been following that? I mean, here it's almost time to quit, but that this is a crappy time to to bring that up. But but honestly, we have we have been sold down the river or up the river, whatever the saying is, by the chief executive of the United States and and his cohorts. It's absurd, absolutely. Well, I don't know, Sam. The, the interesting <laughs> thing is, you highlight this. Joe Biden has sold us south on so many issues. It's hard for me to tell which one's the worst one, though, Dr. Bradley. True. Uh, Are we talking about the stimulus bills? Are we talking about the worst president in history? Are we talking about Obama not, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Biden not being healthy, according to his doctors, um, and and not able to defend the nation, creating a national security crisis? And what's the worst thing? I just don't even know. Well, I don't know either. I mean, he starts, I mean, from the very moment that, that uh, this whole administration started, he's been selling us out. I mean, I mean, the climate thing, for example, this Paris thing. I mean, it took years, literally, for us to get out because of the way they've written the, the document. But, you know, a wave of the magic wand and we're back in with him. I mean, this idea to take control of the jobs of the world, how how the border thing has been a debacle from every moment. You talk about the um, the idea to take control of of our health. I mean, where do you start? It's right. You're right. Where do you start? There's so with this much thing? to talk about. It's shocking. Except to say this, I believe he ought to be arrested for his betrayal of his oath of office, uh, and that's really what we need to talk about. We need to talk about him being arrested and tried for his crimes uh, with the Joe Biden, or I'm sorry, the Hunter Biden uh, fiasco. 
uh, the selling of secrets. The, I mean, the list just goes. It, it's beyond imagination. And well, uh, we'll impeachment is Biden. a good option. Impeachment truly is a good option. a great option. And after impeachment, so. then we pursue the, uh, you know. And that, that's the process. Crimes. Once you're booted for office, you go to the crimes. You go to the uh, the courts with that. And, and that's, as Americans, we have always believed that the king can do wrong. And the king needs yes, to be held accountable. Yes, and we believe that we can create accountability for the king that does wrong uh, as well through the processes that our founding fathers put together for that very wise and needful purpose. Final story before the end of the hour. This is a sad story that makes me sad. David Archuleta, well-known singer, runner-up on American Idol. David Archuleta comes out as a member of the whatever it is, gay, lesbian, bisexual, transgender, EIB network. Uh, I'm just kidding. Um, whatever plus community. It's really the um, GLBTQIA plus is how they do it now. Community. Uh, what a sad tale that is. Our prayers are with him and his family. Well, uh, truly, uh, and and this the the, the re- we've talked about this before, Sam. It's coming out of the education system. This has been this has been not just given cover; it's been given encouragement. And and uh, I think we're about out of time, but but uh, hopefully we can rebut the what they do. They teach the areas of sexuality being the areas where they're focused in the school system. And this is what's being beat into the brains of the kids, along with critical race theory and all these other nonsense things. And, and America has been diverted from what it really should be. It truly is. Our goal is to bring it back, ladies and gentlemen. We're working hard for those efforts, and we trust the rest to Almighty God. Ladies and gentlemen, all we can do is all we can do. But no doubt, God's in his heavens. The sight of good, honor, right, truth, freedom will win. I know it feels dark and discouraging but never give up do our part do our best and trust in god for the rest libertyroundtable.com lovingliberty.net thank you so much dr bradley glad to be with y'all keep the faith and that is a wrap we declare this nation shall endure god save the republic of the united states of america